And oh yes, good morning to you once again. If you're just joining us t- today, this is GospelBellsRadio.com, your community Christian internet talk radio with a mission to engage the contemporary culture with the mind of Christ. It's Wednesday, the 6th of September, 2023. The program is On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. My name is Olufemi Ogutoku. You can follow me on Twitter at Olufemi OG. You can follow Gospel Best Radio at Gospel Best Radio. On, on Twitter at Gospel Best Street. I want to begin with this story. This is a story that made uh, the story is about a video that made its round on social media uh, about two days ago. And I did not in- initially want to engage with this story, but looking at it again, I think that it offers us the opportunity to reflect on uh, deeper truths of our Christian faith, truths that seem to be disappearing right now. And sometimes some of these things appear harmless, uh, they appear just ordinary. In fact, some people even think that they represent acts of faith, but sometimes, they, I mean, oftentimes, oftentimes they just lead to absurdity and makes Christian, rather they make Christian Christians look look ridiculous. That is not what our Lord intended when he asked us to be people of faith. And I'm talking about that video uh, that trended, the video showing single women dressed in wedding gowns while praying for husbands. Uh, I do not know whether you came across that video. Uh, I do, well, I almost said I do hope that you came across the video. But, but in a sense, yes, sometimes it's good for us to... Uh, it's not even sometimes it's always good for us to keep abreast of this development in the culture so that we know how to engage with this question so that we know more importantly how to how to guide younger ones those who are younger in the faith and especially our children uh, about these things now uh, i'm talking this from one of the popular blogs in nigeria it says a nigerian catholic priest father kelvin ogo reacts to trending video of single women dressed in wedding gowns while praying for husbands so uh the gist about the video is clear uh, that in a church setting although, although it appeared like a home but you know it could be any building obviously uh, a christian gathering of single women praying uh, for for us bands there's nothing wrong with that indeed our lord wants us to be totally dependent on him for everything for everything we have to ask him for everything and they are wise right they are wise who look to god for husbands for wives for for food for everything they are wise and they are truly children of god would depend on him for everything and nobody out there should say look uh, you don't need to pray for us because, because we have on the other end of the spectrum we also have some people who will say look it is full idea for you to pray for certain things I'm, and, and i'm sure that you've had people like that people will say look why are you praying to god for food just go out there and work why are you praying to god for for your husband just go out there and mingle and and get into good company you are going to meet people just go out there and meet people and then you get a husband or go out there and meet people you are going to get a wife go out there and 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 submit applications here and there you're going to get a job and they say look pray less and and do some other things well uh, we the christian knows that uh, this thing should be balanced but nothing should ever convince a christian that prayer is not needed 
And I think that that's the most important point to make on that point. Of, although it's a tangential point to the uh, to the ultimate point we want to make from this story, I just had to mention that because we have uh, people at the other end of the spectrum, the extreme end, people who will say, look, you don't need to, uh, in the first place, why are they praying for husband? They should just get out there and mingle and network and get into good company. Just go out there and meet people. But you see, all good things, all good things come from God, all good and perfect gifts come from the lord god almighty so if you want any good thing you should look to god for it and pray to god for it. so in the first place it was not wrong uh, that single women christian single women gather together to pray nothing wrong with that indeed we all should continue to seek the face of the lord let them mock let them make mockery of us and say look this is these stupid people always asking an invisible god for for things and now and then well we walk by faith and not by sight. And testimonies abound of those who sought the Lord and who, whose prayers were answered all to the glory of God. So now let's, but in, in praying for husbands in this particular gathering, this video showed these single women dressed in wedding gowns. And I'm asking, uh, and I'm asking you as well, what is your view on this? Does that make them look ridiculous or does that make them people of faith? So much so that, uh, as some would argue, that what they are doing basically is claiming it before receiving it. And you must have had that that line or similar lines in in Christian circles. You claim it before you have it. Hold on to it before you have it. And then you will have it. Claim it and then you will have it. Hold on to it and then you have it. Touch it and then you will have it. So uh, you have some people who will say, look, for us to pray, let us uh, take this for example, uh, so, so some will say, okay, go to go outside to the parking lot, uh, the car that you want, the car of your dream, go and touch it, or the car of your dream, go and sit inside it, or just go to a parking, or, or just go to a car lot, go to a, a to go go to a, to a car dealer, uh, the car of your desire, just go there, go and ask for how much is sold, or sit inside it and pray on it. And it, it, sometimes it is put out as, a, as an act of faith. And says it's an act of faith. You go there and sit in it. And then you claim, you know, I claim this car uh, that I'm sitting inside in the name of Jesus. Uh, you go to, uh, as it happened in this video, uh, this woman is okay, you go and buy. Because, okay, first, let us get this right. I mean, did the organizer of that prayer buy all those wedding gowns? And then give it to them to wear. Was that what happened, or was it the case that uh, the organizer of the prayer told each of them to, uh, that okay, as you come for this prayer session, uh, buy a wedding gown, buy a wedding gown, and come in that wedding gown? Was that what happened, or and this is just a guess, a guess, and I do hope that that is not the case, or was it the case that uh, the girls of prayer said, well, buy a wedding gown from this particular dealer? If that was the case, of course, you uh, don't don't kid yourself. Uh, you can see the, not, not only the mischief in that, uh, but also uh, the the ploy uh, to make money. I do not know whether the organizer of prayer said, we'll buy your wedding gown from this particular person and then come to the prayer. But in any case, as the Americans will say, you follow the money. Money must have been spent to acquire uh, this wedding gown. So it's probably saying, well, it's even for you. Buy the wedding gowns, put it on, and then you keep it. You are soon going to wear it. You are soon going to wear it. You are soon going to wear it. Now, the question is, when we see things like this, 
an act like that was it an act of faith really and uh, I, I saw this reaction from a Catholic priest to the uh, to the video. According to this blog, says sharing the video, the missionary priest, that's Father Kevin Ugu, said the trend is disgusting and smacks of desperation. That's the that's the view of this priest. He said the, the trend is disgusting and smacks of desperation. And, and and he wrote, quote, it is now becoming a trend, and the more we keep quiet, it will soon be seen as normal. He stated to all those churches asking women to wear wedding gowns to church so they can pray to have husbands, what you are doing is not Christian. In fact, it is disgusting. What sort of desperation is this? Why are you not asking the men to put on wedding suits and pray for wives? And by the way, why do you need them to put on wedding gowns? Is that what makes the marriage? And to those who gladly hire wedding gowns and wear them to church because you were told that it would connect you to your husbands, Oh, is that really happening? Wow. I'm still reading from the uh, from the priest's uh, response to this, uh, quoted on this blog, but I'm just taking a pause to wonder whether that also happens where uh, people are told to hire wedding gowns and wear them to church. Okay, I, I, okay. I resume reading from that reaction. The priest wrote saying, And to those who will gladly hire wedding gowns and wear them to church because you were told that it would connect you to your husband, let me ask you this. When you pray for husbands, what exactly are you telling God to do? That he should suspend the reasoning and choosing capacity of the type of man you want, and it's usually to be rich men and all that, so that even when your attitudes, character, personality, and are not what he wants, he will close his eyes to all of them and marry you. Okay, so so you have this uh, Reverend Father, uh, a Catholic priest, I assume, you know, just uh, just denouncing denouncing what happened in that video and denouncing other such uh, such actions by christian communities and well we reason that uh, things like that you say to ourselves really what 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 they did was it an expression of faith uh, some uh, among us who say look those are expressions of faith i mean recently i was speaking with my friend uh, okay i think after uh, the readers meeting after one of our recent uh, meetings of the Readers Club, and he was telling me about an experience that he had, himself and his wife, uh, that they went to a Christian gathering, and while they were there, just before the prayer started, uh, in that place, must be Nigeria then, I suppose, uh, they started distributing uh, nylon bags. You know, they were distributing nylon bags to everybody in the church, and when they got to him and his wife, he said his wife collected it, but he did not, and then his wife was angry. Said, "Look, why are you always, why do you always just want to be contrary? And why would you not accept it?" Well, I do not see the relevance of uh, nylon bags in a Christian gathering. I mean, what's the point? And he said, "Well, soon, soon after the distribution of the nylon bags, the the lady, the woman leading the prayer, then said, "Look, you have to put in this nylon bags all the baggages in your life." All the baggages in your life, and please do not go with it. If you go with it, then you are going. You are going on with trouble. You have to put all your all the when I say baggage, all the troubles and the anxieties, all the things you don't want uh, the Lord to, all the things you don't want anymore in your life, things that you don't want to be in your life anymore. You know, uh, and then of course, when I don't not be physical things that you can put in a nylon bag, but you know, just that, just that figurative action, just that representative act. To say, look, this is what you want, then 
Imagine you are putting all of them in this lemon bag, you seal it, and then we are going to throw them into this dustbin, and then we are going to we are going to burn them. The fire of God will burn them. Well, my friend told me he did not do it. And he shouldn't have done it. And I do not think as well that that should be uh, the way to connect to God. And it's not just me thinking. That's not what uh, the Bible teaches us about connecting with God. And the more we emphasize on physical things, right? The farther we move away from the faith given to us once for all given to us by the apostles the more we emphasize the physical things until i touch until i do this i'm not having i mean who is saying that uh, when you kneel down in the corner of your room to pray to god and say lord please grant me the desire of my heart to be married you're supposing that it's impossible for god to hear that prayer so the point is that Many preachers, many Christian leaders now understand that people need aid to aids to faith, A-I-D-S, aids to faith, things to just aid their faith. And I'm talking about, and, and I'm giving many of those uh, preachers, Christian leaders, the benefit of the doubt. So some of the, let's even assume that some of them are well-meaning. There are people who probably think to themselves, oh, maybe, maybe people need something to touch. And I've shared this uh, this story uh, many times on Gospel Best Radio. My dad, when he was, uh, I mean, when he was in ministry, when he was alive and and pastoring a church, uh, he he shared this experience with me that at the time that uh, a lady came in uh, into his office and they were praying. I suppose I cannot remember exactly, maybe concerning our business. And after they prayed, uh, he asked her to to kneel, and he prayed with her. And afterwards. Uh, the lady, after the prayer, the, the lady stood up and said, uh, Daddy, is that all? Is that all? Meaning, oh, it's just prayer. You're not going to give me something to hold, something to do. You're not going to tell me to do something or to use something. That is that all. And my dad told me that he, he reflected on it for a long time, even after the lady left. And it really gripped his heart that that is where the faith of many stand in the christian community where you just want to touch something you want to hold on to something before you believe or you need aid you do not need any physical thing to aid your faith because god is spirit 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 that's what jesus said to that woman at the well God is spirit. God is spirit. God is spirit. And his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. I always say this. Any Christian uh, leader, any Christian, in fact, must pronounce that, must proclaim that, must lead other Christians to that path. That God is spirit. That you don't need to be in a place. That's the exact point that God was making to that woman at the well. That you don't need to go to any particular place because God is spirit. You don't need to touch any particular thing because God is spirit. You don't need to wear any particular dress because God is spirit. You don't need to put anything on your head because God is spirit. Because God is spirit. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. And he's only looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. So those who will just kneel down and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, I do not know what to pray for. I don't even know how to pray. 
But I've read your word. I've read the word of God that you intercede for believers with groanings that cannot be uttered. Intercede for me. You call to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, you are seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for this. Intercede for me. He said, Lord God Almighty, you are the King of kings. Nothing is impossible for you. You have the whole word in your hands. Have mercy upon me. And the Lord not say about prayer that the Lord who hears in secret will answer you in the open. That's what the Lord said. Jesus Christ himself teaching us about prayer. He said, Hey, the Lord, if when you pray, you go to the secret chambers of your house. You go to the secret chamber and you kneel down and call to your father in secret. Let nobody even see you. Let nobody even see you. And let the Lord who uh who sees in secret, who sees in secret will answer you in in public. And that's what I pray for you. As you seek the Lord in spirit and in truth, may he surprise you uh, by answering your prayers. We live by faith and not by sight. So uh, the reason why we are bringing this up on, on the Lord's side is because this video, the video, that video that trended of Christian sing, of single Christian ladies praying to be married while in wedding dresses, that video gives us the opportunity to reflect on how Christians, many of us, are moving further and further away from the faith, from the faith, the faith that has been given to us is the faith the christian faith that is lived by faith faith in the unseen things unseen things unseen things the unseen things and you see i believe that god glories in those who believe in things they have not seen our lord himself said it said it to thomas yes you you waited to see before you believe yeah okay but you believe yeah, but you have believed anyway so good for you but blessed are those Blessed are those who believe without seeing. So, uh, so if you want, uh, if you want a child, don't go and say, go and, don't go and touch one child before you get the child. Yeah, you don't need to. You don't need to. Well, as long as you are not serving another god, as long as you are not, you are not, you you, you are not doing anything, anything ungodly. Yes, you may need aid to faith, and then you go and do. It, but don't suppose that until you do that, God will not hear you. In fact, I think in a sense, if you think in your heart that until I touch that physical car, until I touch a baby, or until I wear a wedding dress, or until I get to a particular place, or until I'm touched by a particular man or or woman, or until I hear a particular voice, then the Lord will not hear me. If that is your thinking, I think it's offensive to God because you are limiting him, you are limiting his power. You don't need to touch anything. You don't need to be in any place. You don't need to wear any particular dress before the Lord will hear you. What did the Lord say to that, to, to that centurion? What did he say to him? Say, go. Let it be done as you believed it would. And before that, he had said to him, I have not seen faith such as this. What did that, he said to our Lord, no, you don't need to come to my house. Just say the word where you, wherever you are. Just say the word right here and my servant will be healed. And that was somebody who was not uh, who was not of the family of the Jews. Our Lord marveled and said, "Exactly, this is what I've been trying to teach." But that is way to, to understand what our Lord said in reaction to uh, to that centurion's faith. Although he don't say it in so many words, but exact that's what we have to take away from that. The Lord will say, "This is the exact point I'm trying to teach." 
and it has been exemplified by this man who uh, is not even of the house of the Jews. That God is spirit and that his word alone is powerful. His word alone is powerful. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to please him without faith. Or those who say, I must see, I must touch, and I must demonstrate. So, uh, in the first place, this is to say that we must go back to the things we believed at the first. We must go back to the fundamental things, the, the fundamental truths of the Christian faith that God is spirit and those who seek him, those who worship him, uh, are called to worship him in spirit and in truth. And in reaffirming that, we have to see through that some of these things make us look ridiculous, make Christians look ridiculous. And I align with those who say it makes us look ridiculous because it is not needed in the first place. If it was something required of God, if it was something that God requires of us, I would say no matter what the secular world thinks about it, no matter how the secular world views it, uh, even if you think it makes us re- look ridiculous, as long as it's something that the Lord has asked us to do, we will do it because our Lord has commanded us to do it. But it's not what we have been called to do. Give me an example uh, in the in the scripture where something like that was done. Yes, we we we, we have read of when uh, people were touching uh, the the where, where that woman uh, with the issue of blood touched the hem of God's garment. Somebody can say that was a physical thing, but that was not just a physical. That was that, that was faith. That was faith that even if I just touched him again without moving near him, that he would I, I would be healed. But then we have the centurion. Who did not need, who did not even need Jesus to come into his house? Who knew, right? Who believed that it was not necessary for the Son of God to come into his house? He knew the power of God. So, does it make Christians look ridiculous when we do things like this? Yes, it does, because God does not even require that we do these things. He has not called us to do things like that. He has not said to us, "Oh, if you want, yeah, if you want, if if you want this place, uh, go to the place, and then I will give it to you." What did the Lord say to, to 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 the patriarchs of old? He said to them, long before they got to the promised land. Long before the God, he said, wherever the soul of your feet shall tread upon, even places that they had not been to, God said to them, wherever you shall tread upon, wherever the soul of your feet shall tread upon, I will give to you. I will give to you. I think it is important for us, first for our own individual Christian pursuit, first for our own individual Christian pursuit, to be reminded of the basic things, of the basic things. Once we are reminded of these things and we hold on to them firmly, then we are less susceptible to uh, to being led astray uh, by those who want to take advantage of our situations, take advantage of our devotion to Christ. Again, I repeat it, there are some people, uh, some Christian leaders who do, who do these things, I suppose, uh, in good faith, uh, we just reason to themselves that maybe people just need something to encourage them to touch physical thing to touch, but 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 that good faith is is misplaced. I must say that, as they say, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. There may be some who have good intentions, but they're actually leading people away from the faith. You need to call people to believe in the unseen things, in the unseen things. That that's the actual faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Things hoped for, hope that they cannot touch, things unseen, things that they cannot see. 
Things not seen. That is the faith to which we are called. And I think even those who do these things with good intentions, they owe it a duty, a duty to those who follow them, those that they lead, to remind them that faith in the unseen is enough. Prayer said in spirit and in truth is enough. Prayer said in spirit and in truth is enough. Prayer said in secret is enough. And that's exactly how uh, the Lord wants us wants us to pray. But then we, we must also acknowledge, because our Lord has called us to be as wise as serpents, that not all those who do these things are good intentioned or just uh, or, or just merely misled. No, many of them do it, you know, for for other purposes, for other purposes, either for gains. I've heard many people who sell things at prayer meetings, they sell them because for gains. And they, they appear like, oh, we're just selling it because you need it uh, for the prayer. You don't need anything for the prayer. We know that. And I do pray that the Lord will continue to lead us. And His Holy Spirit will keep us grounded, grounded in the in the truths of the scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. And next on, on the Lord's side this morning, I do not know whether you also came across this story that made its round on social media as it showed the story of a Nigerian man in the United States arrested for shooting his wife in Florida, uh, the, the state of Florida in the United States. And of course, immediately I read this story, immediately I came across it, I did share it with my wife. And then yesterday, at least she shared even some updates on the story with me. Because whenever I, I come across stories like this, uh, I always feel grieved in my heart. Because this uh, was a Nigerian, this is a Nigerian man who, who took up a gun and shot his wife, yeah, the wife uh, a Nigerian as well. And they both, now that more... Uh, more facts are coming to light. We understand that they both, of course, emigrated from Nigeria uh, to Florida. Why did he shoot his wife? Of course, that, that should be the question. Uh, from even the from the early report, we understand that uh, when the man shot his wife, he remained at the crime scene on the until the police arrived and then arrested him. Uh, you know that the typical thing would be for a murderer to to run away from the scene and the question is well what would what would move a man uh, to that extent could it have been could it have been jealousy could it have been that she cheated on him i mean nothing nothing would ever justify uh, the killing of another person according to this report it says according to the sheriff's office hassan teddy adeyemo that's the name of the nigerian man a nigerian man allegedly shot and killed his wife in east orange county florida he was taken into custody on a first degree murder allegation and uh, that was so sad according to the report again 
When they got there, they discovered Nanchin Hassan Adeyemo, that's the lady, 43, who had been shot and had passed out while being transported to a local hospital. Detectives named Hassan Adeyemo, 46, Nanchin's husband, as a suspect in the killing. He was sentenced, he was then uh, charged for first-degree murder. So that's the only information available as at that time when it was initially reported. So, but, but later on, more fact emerged that, well, uh, they both emigrated from Nigeria to the United States, that initially the lady, uh, now deceased, went ahead of the husband and the children, went ahead of the husband, she went with the children, and that the husband, of course, was sending money from Nigeria for their hopkeep. At some point, uh, the husband also made his way to... Uh, to Florida and the United States, uh, but then he did not. It was it was difficult for him to gain uh, full employment, as that's been happening to many people. And again, uh, so maybe you get the point where we're bringing this up again. If you recall that on this program, uh, we had brought up the the issue of of couples who uh, run into difficult times in the U.S. And that was, a, that was a particular episode where we actually paid attention to about three or four stories concerning Nigerian men who killed their wives who were nurses in the United States. And somebody raised the question uh, whether uh, there was a trend in that that uh, Nigerian women who work as nurses in the United States get killed not all of them of course but you know to have almost about six instances should 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 give cause for uh, any keen observer to pause and ask relevant questions why is it happening that uh, that nigerian men married to nigerian women nurses tend to kill them I mean, I know I'm, I'm trying to be very careful here because to be, you know, statistically accurate, some, some would argue that, well, if you have seven cases, does that mean that it happens uh, in all the cases? Because there are also instances of uh, couples doing fantastically well where you have a Nigerian man married to a Nigerian woman working as a nurse in the U.S. and they've been, they've, they've been together for so long and have very healthy and, and, and have healthy marriages. But even if uh, statistically it's not, even if uh, the data does not support reaching the conclusion that it often happens i, I would suppose that uh, seven instances should give cause for uh for a pause and, uh, and for reflection to ask what exactly is happening in this case uh this nancy lady uh, she was not a nurse the woman who was shot and killed was not a nurse we understand that when she got to the uh, to florida she then set up uh uh, a salon uh, for making hairstyles, obviously most likely Nigerian hairstyles and of course for many people who have heard about uh, about uh, local communities in the US, you, you must have heard that uh, that that service is always in demand, in demand in many communities in the United States where you have Nigerians and as she set up that hair salon and was doing very well so much so that when the husband then joined the family in florida while he was not gainfully employed uh, the woman was bringing in money and became the proverbial breadwinner of the of the house in later on he also gained so uh, he also well uh, gained employment but it was not it was not as 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 rewarding as the service rendered by by the wife in that in that salon so uh we understand from the friends uh who have now uh given account of what they know about the marriage uh that there was so much tension between the husband and the wife 
and that the husband felt that it was it was slighted many occasions on many occasions it was slighted by the wife uh, that the wife having become the breadwinner uh, then did not regard the husband as as honorably as she should have well would that or anything similar to it ever justify uh, the killing of the wife I mean, the worst case would be that uh, would be that they would separate, which, Christianly speaking, would be wrong. That they would uh, fight for a divorce, which would be wrong as well. And uh, no matter who's at fault, uh, that they should be they should have been able to work it out. Even if they were not able to work it out, it should not. It would never justify the killing of the wife or the killing of the husband in any case. No dispute between couples. Indeed, no dispute between uh, anybody. Uh, between any anybody, whatever the decision might be, whatever the the issue might be, uh, should ever justify or can ever, in fact, justify killing killing the other party uh, who you feel has slighted you, uh, who you feel has dealt with you wrongly. Right. Uh, and of course, I'm going to make a point that we make almost every time on, on the Lord's side, which is an important point, even if you think it is it is belabored. The point that a Christian should know that when he is slighted, when he is cheated, he or she ought to take his or her case to who? To the God who avenges his people, who avenges his people. And you see, it, it is the point when a person comes to the conclusion that there is no help coming from anywhere it is at that point that that person resorts to self-help like murder giving in to anger and other forms of retaliation you see a person who continues to believe that god is a just is a just judge and that is not only able but committed to avenging his people it is only a person like that who will never resort to self-help? Who will never take vengeance on another person? It's only the person that will not take vengeance on another person. It's not the person who is that is the person who, even if, and I'm saying if because we do not know the as I was discussing this matter with my wife yesterday, I said uh, I don't even like stories like this. But it's so unfair on the lady who has now been killed. It's so unfair on her for these stories to now come to light and for somebody to be saying that yeah, when she when she went to the United States, I supported her, I sent money to her. When she got there, she started the business, she started doing very well, and then she had no regard for me. You have killed her, and now you are, and now you are telling stories. And now you're making claims against her. It's unfair. You have killed her, so you have no basis whatsoever to now uh, lay, lay allegations against her when we know that she's no longer in a position to defend herself. You have killed her. You have killed her. She can no longer defend herself. Who's going to tell her own side of the story? Who's going to tell her own side of the story? So there is no judgment whatsoever for anyone to say, well, this is what she did to me, this is what he did to me, and I felt so slighted, uh, so angry, or she said some uh, some horrible words, horrible words to me, uh, this is a woman I, I helped, or this is a man I helped, This, is, uh, and then I killed her, or I killed him. Well, who's going to believe you? Why should we believe you when the person who should be telling is our own side of the story has been killed? And of course, this is not to make light of situations like that. I've heard stories, in fact, of known people, uh, people well done to me, where 
in this particular case that is known to me personally, the husband was dealt with in such a humiliating fashion that even every time we remember the man, we grieve for him. We grieve for him. It's now late. So uh, this is just making the point that for a fact, these things happen. These things happen where uh, sometimes the woman deals with the husband in such a horrible, humiliating fashion, especially in the in cases where people uh, emigrate out of, out of Nigeria to uh, to other places. But it also happens in Nigeria as well. Sometimes you find the husband who has come into uh, tough times financially, and then the 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 wife becomes the proverbial breadwinner and and begins to be uh, to act horribly towards the husband but it also happens the other way around as well uh, that husbands some husbands who have financial leverage over their wives uh, do not deal with them kindly right and so much so that you find so many women now saying that look don't even trust uh, any man uh, you have to have you have to be financially independent because you no know, women uh, men are you know you know what they say in the popular culture but can't trust them uh, all these things whether it is whether the aggression uh, and the and the horrible treatment is coming from the wife to the husband or from the husband to the wife. Of course, we know that those are mere symptoms, right? They're mere symptoms of a marriage that is not that is not founded on the truth of the gospel of Christ, where the foundation is what is love, is love, 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 not just lust, not just attraction, uh, not just convenience, but love, love uh, that is selfless, love that is giving, love that that prioritizes the interest of the other person, love that gives and gives and gives and wants nothing in return, love that simply wants to give for the sake of Christ. For the sake of Christ, love that wants to love because Christ first loved us. That is the foundation of the gospel of Christ. And any marriage that is not based on that is based on a faulty foundation. It's a marriage that needs to be renewed, that needs to be renewed. So uh, the point we're making is that when we read of instances like this, it tells us that uh, the foundation is faulty and that Every one of us, both those, including those who are who are praying to be married, hoping to be married, and those who are married, we must always remember that the foundation must be Christ, must be Christ. Uh, and when the foundation is Christ, first, you want to give and give and give of yourself and of your resources without wanting back. I know you want back, and everybody wants uh, ease or love to be requited, right? But uh, fundamentally, you want to give and give and give. Second, of course, forgiveness. Forgiveness is uh, is an hallmark of the Christian faith. Our Lord said to us, uh, "You must forgive." Sometimes seven, you must forgive. And and in the molded prayer commanded to us by our Lord, He said, "You ask God to forgive you, just as we forgive others. We are called to forgive, and there is no one uh, in a Christian marriage who must not accept that that we must forgive and forgive and forgive. And of course." The third thing is what I mentioned earlier on. The reason why it is easy for a Christian to forgive, right? It is, it, the reason why it is easy for a Christian to overlook faults and lo- overlook hurts is that the Christian believes that there is a righteous judge. There is a righteous judge. There is a righteous judge. There is a righteous judge who will who will avenge his people. He will avenge his people. 
Oh that oh, oh that those who feel cheated, oh that those who feel slighted, oh that those who feel betrayed will take their hurts to God in spirit and in truth. Oh, oh what an opportunity that this man lost. Even if the deceased wife dealt with him horribly, even if the deceased wife betrayed him, even if the deceased wife dealt with him wrongly, he should he had no justification for killing her but he missed out on an opportunity to take to receive favor from god if he had taken his matter to god in prayer and i know there are people that will say look these are the sense, senseless and uh, senseless things that you christians mouth and say just prayer when the man was really being uh, ridiculed and it could be a lady as well as i've said earlier on it could be a woman in a in a marriage as well who is not uh, who is who has been dealt with unkindly even horribly sometimes even uh, even disgracefully but you see, any such person who is a Christian should take the matter to God and kneel down and tell God, this is how this man is treating me. This is how this woman is treating me. Please fight for me. And you know, the, the God that the psalmist described as the glory and the lifter of our heads. You know what he's going to do? He's going to take the person who is at the back of the queue, take that person to the very front. The point is that we just do not take advantage of the of the opportunity we have. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because, all because we will not carry everything to God in prayer. Thank you so very much for staying with us this morning on God's Best Radio and for joining on the Lord's side, Christian Perspectives on this and current event. I look forward to joining you again tomorrow. Please remain family on the Lord's side. God bless you. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.